Welcome back to the Branding for Abundance podcast. This is your host, Dr. TK, clinical psychologist and number one therapist business coach. So I have another awesome therapist today that I will be interviewing on the podcast. Um, Just to give you a little bit of background about this therapist, her name is Nakia Roberson. She is the founder and owner of Next Stage Counseling and Wellness. She is a licensed professional counselor and certified professional school counselor. And she also does public speaking and she's an educator. She is also known as a board certified and trained prepare and enrich facilitator. And I am happy to announce that she is a proud alumni of our Dope Therapist Academy. And she is currently a student in our elite coaching mastermind. So Nakia's passion is wellness and relationships. Yes, she works with couples. And one of her goals is also to break the stigma in the African-American community in regards to how Christians in the community see mental health. So stay tuned for this podcast episode. Welcome to the Branding for Abundance podcast. My name is Dr. TK. I am a licensed clinical psychologist and success coach. My goal on this podcast is to simply teach you how to proclaim your victory in your relationships, academic and career endeavors, business, money, and your mindset. Learn some simple tools and techniques to brand your life for abundance and live your epic lifestyle. So welcome everybody back to the Branding for Abundance podcast. This is your host, Dr. TK, clinical psychologist and therapist business coach. And we have a special guest again. We have an epic mental health therapist. I am going to help her introduce herself, but her name is Zakia and she is a student and alumni of the Dope Therapist Academy and also a current student of our elite coaching therapist mastermind. And so as you heard from the brief intro, um, you're going to hear a lot more about the work that she's done in the mental health field up to current dates. And then she'll share a little bit about building her business and what that is like to have a business and family and live abundantly. And so we want to welcome (laughs) you to our episode for podcast and video. And so excited. (laughs) So take it away, do an intro, let them know who you are and where you're located. Okay. Well, thank you. First of all, for having me, I am honored to be here. My name is Nakia L. Roberson. I am a virtual clinician, LPC, licensed professional counselor in the state of Texas. I am a wife of going on 23, 24 years. And yes, long time (laughs) to my high school sweetheart, I may add. And um, the mother of um, a six-year-old. Nice, nice. Oh my gosh, this is so awesome. <laughs> so let, let's go ahead and dive right in because um, as of the current date, the listeners, yes. this is their first time actually hearing me interview not just my students, but also just therapists across like different states, especially considering the times that we're in. And so just yeah. in the context, there are two different listeners or viewers mm-hmm. if they're watching the video. One of the first listeners is of course going to be the general public um, non-therapist. And um, the reason why I want them to listen up is because we also talk about what it's like to balance things out, to have a business and or a job, a family, right? (laughs) Then we have the therapist and technically their message will be the same, but we want to go a little bit deeper and share with them behind the scenes of what it's like to become a business owner. And so Mm -hmm. share with them how you got into the mental health field. Like, why did you choose psychology? Oh, my gosh. How did I get into the mental health field? Well, first of all, um, ever since I was a young girl, I knew I wanted to be in the helping profession. 
but I didn't know exactly what it was that I wanted to do, right? Um, and so after much thought and prayer, I decided to become a school counselor. So I worked in the public school system for several, several years. And then when I started my internship for my LPC, my supervisor at the time, she was like, why don't you just go ahead and do private practice? And I was like, wait, what? I can do that? And she's like, yeah, you can do that. I'm your supervisor. You can do it. And so I decided to go ahead and step out on faith and I opened my um, private practice part time. And so I was working in the school full-time and then had my practice part-time. And so I was doing that ever since I was an LPC intern. Nice. How would you define a part-time practice? Because I think that a lot of therapists get confused because they compare it to a nine-to-five job. And it's uh-huh. not- <laughs> no, it's not. However, and I know we're going to get into this later, but I'm like, however, after just joining DTA, <laughs> well, my we're part-time- We're get up we're talking about part-time. part-time. <laughs> So um, what it looked like for me was I worked during the day at my nine to five and then I saw clients in the evenings. And so I just had to determine how many days a week I wanted to see clients. And so um, at the time, I think it was like two nights, two nights a week that I was seeing clients when I first started. Mm -hmm. So when I first started, I was seeing clients two nights a week and I started probably about five, six o'clock central standard time. So, you know, so I saw clients in the evenings and that's how I was able to. Manage it. I guess you can call it managing well, it. Yeah, that's what yeah. I mean. I mean, a lot like when therapists tell me they're part time, they say, "Oh, I'm part time. I work twenty hours." I'm like, "Really? That sounds like full time. Full time mm-hmm. in a private practice is twenty to maybe you know up to forty hours a week. But forty hours a week is mm-hmm. a lot considering you are holding people's information for forty hours versus a job. Right. If you really think about it, you're not seeing forty clients unless you're at a hospital <laughs> or something. Right. And so I just wanted people to understand that because especially for those, I'm going to say, newer therapists to private practice, I want Mm -hmm. to understand that they can technically create their own rules as it relates to part-time, full-time, right? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So let's talk about your practice. Who do you currently serve in your private practice? How did you choose that population? Okay. So my passion, my passion is mental wellness and relationships. Okay. So relationships across across all aspects. So I like to work with people who are um, dealing with relationships with them themselves um, and then their marital relationship. Um, And so I help people who are struggling with self-love, self-confidence, self-esteem, individuals who just want to be in a healthy dating or marital or premarital relationship and they need help with rebuilding friendship, um, communication um, and managing conflict. Mm-hmm. So, and I just believe it's not enough to just wish for a healthy relationship. You've got to take the steps to make that happen. Yes. And it's it's interesting because when we think about how the general public may see, it may, not, it may have changed, but couples is a little different mm-hmm. because some people yeah. have deemed going to see a therapist, if we're talking about the stigma of mental health, of, you know, mm-hmm. they're just going to highlight what I already know. Or I had a couple tell me, well, individual, when I invited her partner in, she said, uh-huh. well, going to break us up. And I said, no, it's going to actually enhance the communication. It's going to enhance, right? right? We're going to help bridge the gap. That would be the goal, you know? And so I didn't speak to that because most of the therapists who've been on here, they mostly serve individuals. And we've talked about Mm destigmatizing mental health, but you're talking about a whole nother population where it's two people. Yeah. Two people. And so that you definitely have to be fully present. (laughs) Can you explain to people what that fit? Like, well, Let me ask this. If I and my husband were coming to Uh um, seek a 
family or couples counseling uh, counselors such as yourself, mm-hmm. what can we expect in the process? Well, one thing I definitely want to make sure that my couples understand, I am not a referee. Okay. Um, so I say that up front. And then I also tell them I'm siding with the relationship. So it's not that I am taking his side or taking her side because sometimes they come to couples therapy, one, because they want you to validate mm-hmm. what they are seeing what's wrong with the other person. <laughs> right. So it's like, we're going to talk about you <laughs> and how, you know, how that affects the relationship. So I make sure that they understand that up front. Mm-hmm. And so um, and so I do an individual session with my couple. So I do my first session is a couple session. And so that is when we kind of start going through the assessment um, and we just kind of talk about the start of, of the relationship, like how it all began. We need to take it back to the beginning, you know, the happier times when you first met and you had the butterflies in the stomach. Let's take it back there. And then after that, I do an individual session because I want to know how did you get here? Right. And then after the individual session, we kind of talk again in a couple session and I give them some work to do as far as an assessment. And we go through the assessment and we talk about what the treatment plan is going to look like based on the things that they need, that they are um, showing areas of weaknesses in. I'm even glad that you highlighted that, which is pretty much like your framework of how you do therapy, how you get them from, we call it point A to point B in our program. Mm -hmm. People are presenting with quote unquote problems or areas of, you know, that they want to highlight in therapy. And our goal is to get them to a happier place. Um, But not all couples therapists are the same, which is why it's really important for, for this population that they still interview their therapist, but that we make sure that both parties Um, both people in that relationship are good with the person that they selected as a unit, not just one person dragging it. Because that's how I remember couples therapy with my client. Mm -hmm. It was like an ultimatum. And I'm like, well, this isn't going to work from the beginning. We we have to make sure it's going (laughs) for. Right, right. Because a person, if I don't see that a change needs to be made, then a change is not going to happen. And so even when I do my consults, I ask them to have the other person present. Because both people need to be on board if they want this to work. And then also when I talk to them about me doing the assessment, I liken it to if I go to the doctor and I'm coughing and I walk in and the doctor say, all right, you got the flu. This is what I'm going to prescribe to you. And then I'm like, okay, but you didn't check me out. Mm. You don't know exactly if it's the flu, if it's pneumonia or what it is that I have. And so that's what I tell them when I do the assessment is because we want to work on what your issue is, not just some kind of generic something, right? So we want to work on exactly what it is, because if we don't know the root cause, then how can we kill something at the root? If we don't know what the root cause is, we just kind of like shooting darts in the air, you know, in the night. Yeah. So that's the reason why I like even the fact that you said that. And then I visualize people being able to see you on an individual level, not for individual therapy. Let's be clear for those. Mm -hmm. But what she is describing is her step-by-step process of looking at the family unit together, but also looking at how the individual impacts the family unit, which a lot of therapists aren't going to do that. And so if people really want to get to the root cause, then it's literally in the therapy world, they have one or two choices. Either they do it the way that you're saying it, which is everybody goes to one. Um, And Mm -hmm. then second is that somebody needs to go to their own individual therapy and then they come to you for the family therapy. And so- Mm -hmm. So thank you for clarifying that, because this is a topic that actually has not come up yet on the podcast and yeah. uh, couples. So, okay. yeah. <laughs> so what do you love about working with couples? Let, 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 beyond the intake, what, what, what are some fun things that you know, couples can look forward to? <laughs> well, 
I love to do lots of hands-on things. And so now that I'm virtual, sometimes that can, you know, kind of, um, I've kind of shied away from it a little bit, but um, I love hands-on work, which is why I'm kind of starting with the workshops now so that now that the world is opening um, <laughs> to do that. Then also what I really like about it, my the, um, the reason that I'm passionate about it is because working in the school system and working with kids, and being able to see the problems that they come in with, a lot of it derives from their coming from their household, right? And so I believe that working with couples or working with families impact the family as a whole because one, it teaches security in the relationship. It teaches the child to be secure and teaches them to be safe. Um, it teaches them to be able to see healthy communication. And so that way that can impact and influence their upcoming relationships as they get older. It teaches us how to manage conflict. When I see mommy and daddy able to work through their situations, then it teaches me that conflict is one, not bad. People always, and I tell couples all the time, conflict is not bad. Conflict is learning. Mm -hmm. I am learning what to do, what not to do, what you like, what you don't like. So we are learning each other through the conflict. And so teaching you that conflict is not bad, but we can talk through it. We can work through it. We can manage it. And so that's one of the things that I really love about working with couples is them having that aha moment mm -hmm. and saying, you know what? OK, this is really not bad. Mm -hmm. You know, I can ask clarifying questions. Yeah. I can find out what's really going on. I can please you. <laughs> right. Let me ask, what are your thoughts about couples coming in for preventative work versus after the stuff hits the fan? Because like oh. premarital counseling and it wasn't. <laughs> It was very hard to market. I'm going to be just straight up. I'm a straight shooter. Yeah. Very hard to market because even though people after they got married came and saw me because there were problems, when I asked them mm -hmm. why did they get premarital counseling, did they think that it was beneficial? They said, yeah, I knew it was beneficial. I just, you know, one guy said, I didn't, we didn't have problems yet. And I said, the fact that you said, yeah, mm -hmm. you know that marriage is going to come, you know, we're going to have conflict in a marriage. Right. And so share your thoughts about preventative versus secondary and tertiary <laughs> intervention when they got problems. I think it saves you lots of time and money. Listen, <laughs> that, that, that's the answer. So I just wanted you to say that. Say that again. It saves you lots of time and money, you know, because we spend so much money and so much time planning the wedding that we don't plan after right. the wedding. Right. And so when we are looking for a therapist, when crap hits the fan, then one, sometimes you're there longer, mm -hmm. which is the time and the money that I'm talking about. And two, sometimes it leads, especially if you wait too long. You know, I tell my couples all the time, don't wait until the, the um, pot boils over and then it's out of water. Right. And so sometimes we wait too long and then you're headed down divorce court and that's money. Yeah. So a beautiful dress and all of that other stuff is now like what? Right. Null and void. <laughs> It doesn't right. matter because now you're dealing with problems. And so right. but let me ask, because I know that we do coaching in the background of these podcast episodes. Mm -hmm. um, yes. What are some other things that you've started dabbling into to work with couples beyond couples counseling? Because what if people don't want to <laughs> go to counseling, but they still want what you have? They're like, I don't want to sit on the couch. You know? <laughs> um, I do do couples workshops. Um, that's one thing that I am starting to dibble and dabble into. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we're gonna throw the work workshops out there. So the workshops because sometimes people don't want to do therapy, but they'll do a one or two day workshop. Right. Um and then I also um have started doing couples coaching. Okay. Right. And so, you know, there's a difference between the coaching and the therapy. Mm -hmm. Um and so 
coaching is I'm taking you where you are to where you want to go. Like we're going to start where you are right now. And whereas when therapy, I kind of dig back and we want to see what got you to where you are. Right. Um, and so that's the difference between the two that I tell my clients. So for coaching, we're going to talk about where you are right now, where you want to go for therapy. We're going to go back and see what brought you, what got you to where you are right now. And then we'll talk about moving forward. And so, so that's back just because we have general public watching and um, I am so happy that you have taken the time to describe the two, because one of the, I am going to call it a barrier to being a therapist Mm -hmm. and a coach is that the general public is always going to see us as a therapist first, because that's what comes with the credentials. And so what tends to happen, and I'm more so speaking to people who are seeking out services or seeking out help is that, you know, right now in the media, a lot of the, you know, coaches being thrown around a lot. And depending on how it's portrayed on TV, people may actually combine the two and believe that you can still work on your deep, deep rooted baggage history in coaching and then still move forward. And it really depends on the person, not throwing no shade at anybody. But right. when they go to a therapist that also does coaching, the client mm-hmm. will ethically have to choose mm-hmm. if you do both, which one will they do. And as a therapist, one of the things I know we talked about in even DTA a lot when the therapists were like, I want to do coaching or I do coaching on the side is making sure yeah. to help our clients understand maybe clinically which one is more like needed right now that may mm-hmm. from even moving forward to the coaching aspect of the future. If you haven't cleared out the mm-hmm. bag, how can we do coaching? Right. And so, right. Right. Yeah. Just That's true. I like that. Yeah. Cause some people may say I want coaching and then we, we know that they need therapy. So that, that message specifically was also to therapists is like, know yes. your role with clients and what they need. Right. You know, right. And with therapy, a diagnosis can come along. You know, you can have a diagnosis. And so if I am looking, if you're looking to be a coaching client, but I see that there are some hindrances, you know, some things that are preventing you from everyday life, you know, such as depression or anxiety or something like that, that we need to work through, then I'm going to tell you, "Mm, we don't need to look at coaching right now. We need to kind of let's deal with this depression. Let's deal with this anxiety. Let's deal with these things that's not um, allowing you to actively participate in life right now. Right. That is so, so good. I really hope that you're enjoying today's podcast episode. And yes, I am interrupting my own podcast to invite you to check out the Dope Therapist Academy, also known as DTA. We help therapists move from living check to check, not seeing their ideal clients in their practice, feeling overwhelmed as a result of running their practice by themselves and not seeing real profits in their business. All you have to do is head down to the show notes and click on the Dope Therapist Academy or visit us at www.drtk.com forward slash DTA. This program has helped numerous of therapists in over 30 states and it can help you too. The DTA program is perfect for any therapist or clinician either starting or revamping a private practice to experience exponential growth and earn 10K months or something better. So in just less than 60 days, our five-step profitable brand model will teach you the strategies to build your dream caseload for your ideal clients, create a profitable business blueprint so that you can have your dream schedule, gain clarity about your niche so that you can add streams of income beyond your wildest dreams, 
develop a wealth mindset as a business owner, not just an entrepreneur, so that your private practice can generate true profits, press the automation button in your back office so that your business can run effectively and efficiently while you live abundantly. And lastly, we'll help you delegate tasks to complete and accomplish the freedom lifestyle that you deserve. So regardless if you're a newbie, existing private practice business owner, or you have a private practice on the side part-time, you deserve to create a business and lifestyle full of abundance. So to learn more about the Dope Therapist Academy program, be sure to click the link in the show notes. And now let's tune back into our podcast episode. All right. So now that we talked about your upbringing in mental health, <laughs> let, <laughs> let, let's get with the conversation. And okay. I do want to talk a little bit about the business side, which we've already talked about a little bit. And so okay. how did you find out about DTA? It has, it has. Um, how did I find? Okay. So I was perusing somebody else's site. I don't even know who it was, to be honest with you. And I saw your picture. And so I was like, oh, she's a pretty black young lady. Um, let me click on her Instagram and let me find out about it. So I clicked on your Instagram and I kind of just started um, looking. I'm not going to say stop. <laughs> browsing. <laughs> you browsing. <laughs> browsing. Kind of seeing what, it, what you were doing, what you were offering. Um, and I saw that you were a, a coach. Mm-hmm. And so then I saw that there was this free... Um, workshop that you were offering. I think it was Grindsetter Lifestyle. I remember Grindsetter Lifestyle. It was on Mindset. Yes, yes, <laughs> on Mindset. That right there. So um, that changed my doggone life. And so I was like, this is good. I want more from her. Then when you started launching DTA, mm-hmm. and I was like, you know what, God, you have so much more for me. And I have got to invest in myself if I really, really want it. And so it's time for me to stop pitling and Googling and doing all of that kind of stuff and go to somebody who can give me what it, you know, who can download, download into me um, because I want to be where they are. And so that what that's what got me to sign up for for DTA. Okay. <laughs> I remember I remember your background back then because I remember you had to get notepad and pen. It was I think the last call. It was literally three of us on the call. And I'm like, we still meeting, you know? Yes. <laughs> I remember. Yes, and I appreciated that too. I was like, wait a minute, she's still, and you act like, I'm like, it's a full-fledged class, and we still, okay. Yes. So we still, all all the value. Yes. Yes. So let let me recap for the listeners to bring them up to speed. You had a nine to five, you were working part-time, and you still decided to you know, take a leap of faith and invest in your business, because let's be real, we, unless any of us Mm -hmm. went to business school for, um, for graduates, we don't have any knowledge about running a business, but sometimes no. therapists use their degree to believe that we, we do. And so what mm-hmm. was it like actually for you being able to look back now a full year? Because this was your month you joined DTA, you know? And so what is it like? Listen, okay. it's your, your one year anniversary. Congratulations. Well, <laughs> So like looking back on the year, what can you mm-hmm. highlight that are some big wins for you? And it can be on the personal side as well, because that's what business helps us do. Yeah. Big wins, man. Um, <laughs> okay. So remember at the beginning, we talked about what my part-time looked like working two, two nights a week or whatever. Um, to be honest with you, sometimes I'm like, I'm calling my business line to see if it still works because the phone wasn't ringing. 
I'm like, dang, okay, it's still working, but nobody's calling. But now, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. <laughs> so now, um, yeah, since joining DTA, my business has like tripled. You know, my clientele, I should say, has tripled. And I've had to, like, <laughs> being in DTA, I was like, oh, so when I'm at capacity, like, what do I do? Yeah. And so I was like, oh, I got to say I'm not accepting any more clients. So, um, so yeah, my business has tripled. I've added other streams of income. And my biggest win is I had to say the nine to five wasn't working for me no more. So my biggest win was the fact that I am able to walk away from my nine to five a year before my anticipated date. A year? So, oh, let me drop yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that timeline. Okay. Yes, I was supposed to be leaving like next year. And but yeah, no, I, I'm like I had to it just got too busy. It got too busy. When my assistant is calling saying, look, people just don't want they want to wait. <laughs> they don't like they just want to wait for you to, you know, to have availability. So um yeah, but that's what DTA has done for me. It nice. it is boosted my confidence yeah. to let me know that it can be done. You know, that part, because that's really where it lies. It's I mean, not to say that it's not the strategy. Of course, I teach mm -hmm. strategy in DTA. Right. At the end of the day, somebody can have all the online courses in the world. And if they don't have the mindset of what it takes to take a leap of faith, believe in themselves, have confidence um, and see the proof that's sitting right in front of you that we tend to ignore that you can do things on your own. This is how people mm -hmm. stand in their way and stay in places where they're not happy. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. Wow. And it was time. So, uh, yeah. yeah. It reminds me uh, of yeah. that will. Let me, let, me share, let me share the listeners before we wrap up a little quick. So, oh my God. Okay. And so, because she's part of the mastermind, another leap of faith that she did, I think we all did this leap of faith uh, back in April. So, um, last year, we, for Dope Therapist Academy, for those who don't know the history, I wasn't supposed uh -huh. to launch the DTA Academy until July. I was supposed to do one launch, potentially two, but I knew one was going to happen in July because I had did one the previous July. And then mm -hmm. I had two consultations with two students and they both joined DTA and they said, are you, you sure you can't get us in any sooner? And then the pandemic hits. And so mm -hmm. I said, oh, maybe I should just push it up a couple months, like your year, right? So push yeah. DTA up, did something I've never done before on YouTube and did a five-day stream, which was bananas, you know, and um, it was an accelerated program. And I want to tell people that because once you get your mind set on something, they had heard that it was eight weeks, but I made it accelerated for your cohort mm -hmm. half of the time. Yes. And on a weekend, because I didn't feel like we had time to play games, especially considering the circumstances. And so- And we played no games. Yes. And, and I really <laughs> want to, and people going to get like some free little coaching gems real quick, because I really hope that what they are hearing or listening to or seeing in this mm -hmm. interview is you can see a lot of progress in a very short period of time if you want it bad enough. Yes. And the fact that your facial expression changed when I said, you do know it's been a year to look at all <laughs> that stuff you did in a year. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. Right. Like in a good way. Mm -hmm. And so, so the, the exercise yeah. that I was going to say real quick is we decided in the middle of the era to uh, go to Vegas, wear a mask. Right. And um, <laughs> we had a group of 12 therapists. I was supposed to come six was mm -hmm. able to make it due to the era, you know, things come up. And so, 
Nakia, apart from five other students, plus one of my BFFs, a psychologist, showed up and we did an activity called a hot seat. And part of the hot seat is that we looked at time, hence her nine five, right? And one thing that was super funny that one of my friends brought up, she said, I mean, I can't even record on your phone because you ain't got no space. Is this indicative that you don't have space in your in your life right now for other stuff? And then when we did the exercise, I was like, yo, you don't have no space. And we were like, oh, this is funny. You know, like funny, but not funny, you know? And so right, it's interesting right. to see that happen in November of 2020, but to see mm-hmm. even how far you've come before 2020. And then now we're midway through a new year. And to be able to leave your job, take your practice full time, add streams of income, be home, mm-hmm. not because of the pandemic, but because you want to. Like, I that's want a to. very, very big deal. So I just hope that you like yeah. all that. <laughs> yes, I have. I have. And still, even with the extra streams of income, because like I said, I was just like, oh, um, to be a therapist means just to be a therapist. I didn't know anything until taking, you know, working with you is that, you know, there are other things that you can do. And so just sitting on the couch the other day, I'm like, wait a minute, my phone dinging. Oh, I didn't make some money. Okay, look at that. <laughs> I drank out of your mug this morning, okay? <laughs> so, so, so tell our viewers and listeners, we're going to make sure that we put all this stuff in the show notes, but um, where can they find your information, your Instagram handle and either your website shop? Where is all that stuff at? Okay. So all of my social media handles is um, next stage, N-E-X-T-S-T-A-G-E-C-W. So next stage CW, and that's Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, and then on every Thursday on Instagram, I do host a nightcap with Nakia at 7.30 Central Standard Time. And so we talk about relationships and just, you know, different things that's going on. I have different, you know, guests that come on. And then sometimes I will talk myself about um, relationship type of things. And then I also have my shop at NakiaLRoberson.com. Nice. All right. So we're going to. Oh, and my website. Yeah, my website. Next day out. She has mugs. T-shirts? Mm-hmm. Yeah, T-shirts? Mugs. T-shirts. Can you mm-hmm. tell them the name just so that they see why I keep talking about it? <laughs> what's the, what's yes. the mug? So, <laughs> actually, yes. So that's another one of my passions is to break the stigma that Black people cannot go to church and go to therapy. Mm-hmm. You can talk to God and a therapist. And so my mugs say, I talk to God and my therapist. My shirts, which I have on one now, says, I talk to God and my therapist. Um, and I also have just launched a speaking campaign. I talked to God and my therapist where you can invite me to come to your organization. And um, I'm talking about the ins and outs of mental health and how to contact a therapist. A lot of people don't know how to how to get a, a competent therapist. Right. So, right. yeah. Competent therapist. Hello. Yeah. Let's mm-hmm. go. Mm-hmm. So, so I want to thank you <laughs> at the bottom of my heart for being one Yay. ideal student, right? Yay. Uh, yes, but more importantly, being able to show yourself what is possible because I know you got a little you running around and as business owners, especially for women of color, you know, not just the world is watching, but our little people, our children are watching yes. as well. And so we want to make sure that we're always providing them with a good role model. And so we're going to make sure that everybody knows where to find those mugs, the t-shirts, find out more about mm-hmm. some of the couple's things that's going to be popping throughout the rest of the year. And I'll, yeah. yeah, we'll be sure to make sure that we invite you back on because what we do for this time of year 
just because we do have the academy coming up is that we're highlighting super big wins and students who have been able to thrive in their you know, private practice. But then the latter part of the year, starting in June, July, we're going to start interviewing therapists about in detail, those streams of income. So that's why we didn't get that deep today, but we're going to get deep in like coaching and what that looks like for couples. Hello. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, the t-shirts and what that's been like to like make money in your sleep. Cause we definitely mm-hmm. wasn't, we weren't taught that. Mm-mm. No, we got to do it. And all. it feels so good. Right. <laughs> right. So, yeah. So I want to thank everybody for tuning in and I will see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast episode today. I am super excited to see your growth in your business, career, money, and relationships. Be sure to check me out on Instagram at Dr. TK Psych, where you can find daily inspiration and tips to live your abundant lifestyle.